0: Hi folks, my name is Liliana Smaza and this is Heart to Heart Talk. My today's guest is the editor of the session and as always I would love to ask you to introduce yourself and in general ask what was your journey to become the editor of this session.
1: Hiya, I am Donna. I am from... Cork in Ireland and as you mentioned yeah I was lucky enough to be the editor of this session so I suppose take it all the way back. My EOP journey would have started in January 2016 on a regional session in Cork. I continued on as a delegate for about two years. Uh, and then I started an official, did some organizing, and my last chair was editing an IF in Cyprus that summer of 2018. And he encouraged me to apply, and I did, and I was lucky enough to get it. And that kind of started me off as, a, as an MTM. And I did some more MTMing, edited a few regionals along the way, and um, did the Hamburg International Session as an MTM back in 2019. And then, yeah, because shortly before Hamburg, I would have gone to the Tro National Session. Sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, LBOP oh, Poland as, as an organizer. I met some really cool people there and I always had in my head I come back to the NC. I suppose from my point of view I really enjoyed it there and I knew I was in a good place where I could edit sessions on my own. So I applied in that capacity. YJ and Dami who were at HLs at the time I would be on their Orga team back the summer previously. And yeah, no, I had a really good time with them. And then obviously Corona thing happened. Uh, I started working on the NC National in Ireland uh, around that time. Still there now in my second term. And yeah, I was lucky enough to be taken all the way to digital session of each year 2021.
0: Yeah, as the title reads today, we're focusing on more of a, a lighthearted episode. The nature of the media team itself is, I would say, more chill than other teams in comparison to like academic team or jury team. So we are going to talk about more lighthearted topics what makes us passionate and concerning our creative work and as you said you have a really broad experience with physical sessions i myself haven't been to a physical session yet i'm a digitally born ayp yeah i'm pretty sure they're quite different from digital ones and offer a lot of different possibilities i'm curious what is your favorite part of a physical session and maybe share some highlights with us or funny situations connected to traveling to a session
1: yeah, so those generally one of the parts of the session is probably normally the second or the last night of the session itself. You tend to have a lot of fun with your fellow officials or delegates because it's not quite time to go home yet. But it's time when the work really kind of drops down and you can kind of really just hang out and not really stress about what's going on. And um, that's always a good time of the session. And then for like specific memory highlights, um, I would have two, I suppose, highlights of sessions. But I've, I've had sessions I've really enjoyed. Like the Hamburg IS was a really, really great experience for like almost two weeks. But um, if I was pinpoint two moments of the session, the best and the worst. I would have picked my first ever session as a delegate. And some of you who know me would probably know this story already, but about 120 delegates were at the session and about 80 of them were food poisoned well, by the food at the session. Um, and there was not enough bathrooms in the hospital for us or toilet roll in the school. And it was just a big kind of mess, but like, Whoa. you know, say, Livy the head organiser took a really good approach to trying to solve it and everyone kind of worked with them and not that many delegates dropped out for the GA day. I stayed for one. Uh, I, was, I still had a good time but I suppose those couple of hours weren't that fun for me. So yeah. And then my best memory would be when I had organised that same session four years later in 2020. Yeah, I guess it was like nine months of work for a really large scale session that has 100... I had 160 delegates. And uh, it was a four day long event and it was a lot to get sorted and get organised and it was it took a lot of effort a lot of like, you know, time and I think it was I was really overwhelmed the closing ceremony of oh how that event impacted me. I think I was definitely emotional and it was definitely one of the, the probably most rewarding experiences I've ever had, I think. Um, and that particular event at the session would have summed that up for me.
0: Okay, that sounds wild. It sounds amazing. Uh, well, maybe not the food poisoning thing, but uh, still. And I have a more question related more to being in a part of the, the leadership because I guess you have some experience with that. So uh, have you ever had a situation when you like screw up your project or maybe some other kind of situation when you were the person in a position of trust, person in charge and things went south? Do you have any verified ways how to keep it cool and make it through? Don't panic.
1: Yeah. So I think not panicking at the start is definitely important for crisis management, which is obviously easier said than done. One thing that's really good to do is just try and detach yourself, figure out how to solve it first and then kind of maybe, you know, analyze it and see where that got wrong. Okay, I want that in the future. So if I was to give you some more concrete examples um, of this, it would be one where I didn't quite screw up. No one quite screwed up, but there was something that like wasn't done. I was at a session and somebody was leading a project, which I was aiding them on uh, when I on GMs. And it was a pretty big scale project. And we had to take footage at the end of committee work day before GA to reflect on committee work days. Um, but it was a really hectic day and nothing we couldn't possibly have found a time for it. And we didn't find the time for it and then i was speaking to, to my team member and they were like oh no project ruined ga is tomorrow and we haven't done the camera reflection part that's like a cold central central piece to the vision of this project well, what are we going to do I think, you know, just being pragmatic, because it is always solutions to these things. That one, like, was quite a panic for a little bit, but it was a really easy fix. Um, it was just get them before their debate happened on GA day and take them upstairs and record them before the GA started, you know. And then later on, record them on the second day of GA, talk about how GA went, because they're in different clothes and in a different part of the building. So it all looks different. And it's, the experiences are still the same you know, if more time to reflect. So it worked out very well. But um, yeah, it was definitely one that was scary for a while, but just because don't, things don't always align to your first imagination of them, the way you think they're going to work first doesn't mean that not, it's not going to work out as a project.
0: Yeah, that's very thought provoking honestly. I guess being an official is always, like, connected with working under pressure and making things through. Usually, I try to keep the last questions more fun and more chill. So, I want to ask you if there is a thing that you're particularly passionate
1: about. Oh, that's a great question. What would I be passionate about? I I really, I, I do get myself, find myself really into music. I play a lot of music. I um play a lot of music. I listen to a lot of music. Um I try to go to concerts whenever I can. Yeah, something I've been doing all my life, I suppose. I mean I'm really yeah it just gets me socializing with people. It gets me tuning out when I just want to tune out, you know, yourself. A company do wherever you wanted to go. Um I been playing double bass and I was a, since I was eleven years old, played piano and cello before that. So with that instrument naturally you know you can play in orchestras with it which I do. You can play in jazz bands which I have in the past. I don't I remember many right now but you know I still to jazz festivals and stuff uh, there's one in cork in like next month so I'll, I'll be going down to that and then yeah just in general playing a bit of bass guitar i love going out to concerts seeing people live definitely have more of a tendency to try and find live recordings of songs as opposed to studio recordings of songs i think um, I, there's something about creating it live for me that i really enjoy
0: yeah i also love music actually my favorite musician ever and uh, surprisingly is not Pete Bull, it's hosier and he's irish so um yeah, that's that
1: was very good. I went to a fellow MTM turned to me at a session and was like, Why is Irish music so bad? Like they're all so bad. And I was no. like, i was not so sure about that. And then five minutes later she took control of the media team Spotify and was like, playing code line all I want. <laughs> I was like, Are You where they from Dublin, yeah? And she was like, No, I thought they're American. And I was like, Well, <laughs>
0: Uh, possibility that they fought this way is because like British and Irish people maybe not British but Irish for sure like when you're singing you lose your accent and it's not that easy to hear that someone's Irish when they are singing
1: yeah sorry <laughs> yeah that's quite true there's one singer he's only kind of bursting out in the last two years he's very popular in Ireland and he's quite popular in the UK now is Dermot Kennedy um and he sings in a very, very Irish accent. Like it speaks. He sings very clearly. He speaks very clearly, but uh, it's very Irish and in innocent intonations, which is actually quite refreshing to hear.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, I Irish accent is interesting in general. I love listening to people's accents. Although uh, on my like first AYP session, there is usually a lot of Irish people in AYP, and I was so scared that I'm not going to be able to understand what people are saying to me. But turns out it's not as difficult as it seemed to be. Like uh, I would say that UK's accent, especially from like the north, is a lot more difficult than Irish.
1: Yeah, no, definitely can be. I mean, Irish can be quite varied as well. A lot of pe- Irish. If- officials come from a very kind of centralized parts of the country which means it's somewhat watered down but we're doing better for outreach now which means more diversity which means more diverse accents as well you find people from up north have a very different accent to people down south like me and likewise the west and the east especially the dublin area are very stark contrasting starkly contrasting uh, in terms of accents accents, which is you know fair but we're quite a small nation we're only 265 miles long and only five million people on the island you know it's quite a small place Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. And I could talk about accents for hours. But I have the one last question, because we've been talking for a long time now. (laughs) Uh, Uh It's another chill question about your favorite movie. Like I personally could talk about movies forever. I'm curious if there is any way that your favorite movie your favorite director style finds its way and it's a reflection in your art in your photos because for example in my case I used to really focus about the colors and the lightning so like the movies I particularly enjoyed were uh, for example Thor Ragnarok that was directed by Taika Waititi I reckon or Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox and those movies are full of specific colors and the whole graphic is almost was like i would say eccentric and i spent i spend a lot of time analyzing movies when i aspired to become a movie director turns out i changed career paths but yeah i'm curious how is it like when it comes to you
1: yeah no i definitely um think about you know when i watch a film I, I i especially if i'm watching it for a second time or third time I, I i notice things a lot more um i always enjoy watching behind the scenes in films even as a child so i always like knowing how they're made so one director I would note as being particularly good at what they do is Edgar Wright. Um, he would have directed the Cornell trilogy, uh, their, their Hot Flows, Shaun of the Dead, and I think it's The End of the World. And then um, also you know, he directed Baby Driver, but the reason why he, he's really good for cuts. Is what he's really well known for, and making what could be boring shots a bit visually interesting. In terms of he, the way he cuts things, are so different to other, to, like to different to, to other directors. He's really good for on the beat, and music becomes a really central uh, rhythm to, to each scene that he has. And it's not like the first Suicide Squad movie where the use of music is just kind of like a cheap emotional effect trying to be played on the on the um audience right style is a lot more like looking to guide the audience through a scene through the normally the rhythm as opposed to what the words of the shot is uh, if you think about baby driver a lot of them um, actually a lot of even the main character speaks is song lyrics which is yeah this it kind of music will be a central theme to everything that right ever puts his hands on really
0: mm-hmm yeah, that sounds incredibly interesting, honestly. Uh I think I watched Baby Driver, but I will have to check more of the his works. Maybe my hyperfixation on movies will come back to me and I will get inspired to like create new stuff and new photos. So thank you so much for it. And I guess that would be all. And thank you for joining me today. Good luck. Thanks
1: so much. It's great being here. Thank you. <laughs>